Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.34 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. It is an Oilers show. Exciting victory last night. Uh, should mention again, Scott Milenovich has resigned as uh, head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos to take a job in the National Football League. Uh, undefeated as an Eskimos head coach. Winless as well. Uh, anyhow, uh, we will tell you this. I guess an Oilers now receive gift certificates to Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal's uh, an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. I guess that's the double E football club. Old habits. Uh Let's go to our NHL insider, John Shannon. For our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of no payments and no interest for one year, that's how you build a Legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. We're going to give John more than 0.7 seconds in today's hit. John, how are you? Well, at least you read my Twitter account. That's a good sign. Uh, you got like 130, 140,000 followers, John. Lots of oh. people read your Twitter account. I guess. I guess. I Some guess. days. Now, did they take the blue check away from you? What What happened? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they how, did. How did that happen? Well, um, when I moved from Sportsnet, uh, I changed my handle, and oh, that yeah. deactivated. It was all, I guess, based on on the words in my title. And uh, so when that happened, it, uh, it, it got deactivated. I, I thought the only way Twitter really gets assertive of things is if you put things like love Trump in a tweet or something like that. But... <laughs> Well, no, I, I, I still, I, I have, I have more followers than he does now. So. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yes, indeed. Well, we are in interesting times, aren't we? All right. Yeah. Uh, well, so here we are. You're sitting there, and the Oilers blow a two-one lead in the third period, and they have one bank in off of uh, Chris Russell on a PK, two goals in a span of about a minute and thirteen seconds. You're thinking, uh-oh. But cue the comeback. Your thoughts. 
Well, uh, you know, the big boys came to play in the third period when they needed to. When uh, when Leon needed to take control, he took control. When Connor needed to move the puck, he moved the puck. And uh, uh, and, and give uh, Yamamoto some credit for being at the right place at the right time as well. I mean, that's that's what's supposed to happen when your team starts to sputter is, is the broad shoulders of Leon Dreisaitl, the broad shoulders of Connor McDavid, and the team can can eke out a victory. Uh, I was, uh, I, I must admit, I was a little concerned when Connor decided to move behind the net, but he's smarter than I am. He knew Leon had one chance, and and Leon's shot worked, and uh, and it went past Brassois. So, from from that perspective, uh, it, uh, it we knew they were, it was going to overtime. The question whether they the Oilers and really the power play had ended, but it was still power play time. Could they take advantage of it? And and quite frankly, they did. It was it was impressive. There's uh, there's been a couple of times in Winnipeg where over the last couple of years where where Connor and Leon have have taken control and and then yeah and there was also one night where Jesse Puljujarvi took control and uh, and and played a great game and he and he did again that last night. We'll get to Puljujarvi as well as Barry and potentially Bouchard. Are, do we now take for granted when McDavid elevates? We're so used to him being. I mean. You know, there's no player in the league that's as gifted as he is, but that comeback last night doesn't happen without him. No, that's right. Um, here's the interesting thing about it, Bob, and I wonder about this with about Connor all the time. Is every time he gets the puck, we now expect him to do something. Every time he gets the puck, no matter who's on him, no matter how many are on him, we think he can blow by them and he can go in on that and, and create a scoring opportunity. Uh, and, and you know what? Sometimes you can't. Uh, so when he doesn't do it every time, you go, oh, that's disappointing. It, it, it's it's the expectation now is so high for Connor, uh, and that's a good thing. And that, I'm not saying that in a negative sense. I'm saying that in in a, in a sense of reality is that your expectation is so high for what Connor can do because we've seen it, and we saw a little bit of it last night at a certain point. He's at the stage, John, when we still used to talk to players post-game after the game when we had a chance to travel and, you know, had access. It'll, by the way, that'll happen again soon, Bob. That, that, you know, this, I, I, this will be a blip. This, in, in your long, illustrious career, this will be a blip. Yeah, some would say it's uh, lacked a little luster. Uh, I digress. Uh, I, multiple times last year I had guys say to me after games from opposition teams, you're playing against McDavid and you're sitting on the bench watching him, and he puts it in the net or he makes a play, and you look at your teammate and go, did he just do that? <laughs> right? That's, that's like, like, it's like, did he just do, did he, like, it, it is, and I'm not, like, look, well, again, we're going to get to Jesse, we're going to get to Barry, we're, we'll get to whether or not Bouchard should be going in, uh, but it, 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 it does sort of, all the fans want to talk about is Paul Yarby, but it was a game in which McDavid set up the game-tying and game-winning goals basically by himself. And, and how many penalties does he draw? He draws so many penalties. I noticed on the broadcast last night they talked uh, a couple of times about the fact that this guy draws more penalties. And I'm going to play right into your wheelhouse, Bob. He could draw more. He could. Um, but he draws penalties and gives the Oilers an opportunity on that power play. And, and you know, this this is a team at 3-4 and four, that could easily be five and two if their power play was back to where it was at twenty nine percent last year. 
Well, no. So uh, so this is when you sit back, and, and whether it's the coaching staff or whether it's the manager or whether it's, you know, guys like me in my basement, you know, just you got to preach patience. It's, it's, it is only seven games into the season. Um, and it, 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 the 56 games are going to take their time. I mean, you, you don't think people in Colorado are a little uh, on edge right now. They're 3-3. Three and three. Everybody expected them to go 56-0. and 0. You know, this is this is going to be a and and the competition in this division. The and we saw it. We will see it with Ottawa. The competition in this division is massive. Every team can beat anybody anytime. Period. End of discussion. Our NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. All right, Paul Yarby. We're seven games into the season, and he's up to the top line. How much of that is him? How much of that is Zach Cassian? And are you surprised he has pushed himself forward this quickly? Well, I mean, you you had hoped he would be able to do it. He's he's much more mature this year, and and much healthier this year than he ever was in his first uh, journey with the Oilers. So you 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 kind of hope that. Um, you know, the frustration with Pugliarvi always was, look at this body that he is. Look how big he is. Can he play to that level? He's, you know, he's just matured a bit, Bob. I, I think that I think in the end it was a brilliant move to send him back to back to Finland. Be patient with him. And, and then, you know, the new manager, Ken Holland, decide, you know what, let's give him another chance. And, and to be able to give him another chance, uh, and, and again, I, I've said this before, remember when he left for home. He stopped in New York on the way and had double hip surgery. And how much difference do you think that makes to a guy? His English is better. Uh, I give Kyle Turris a lot of credit early in the season for taking him under his wing, uh, to being that center. And, and when Zach faltered, and let's face it, Zach did falter. Uh, that opened the opportunity that Dave Tippett needed to do something. The third period in Toronto, it made sense. He proved a little bit there. That ignited. That was a bit of a spark. Uh, and then he carried it on in Winnipeg. It was, he was impressive last night. And, and doing things with the puck that a lot of people expected him to do with the puck uh, long before uh, Game 7 of the regular season. So here's the thing for me, John, is if he puts this work rate and commitment and engagement level in at 22 and works at his craft, where can he be at 24, 25, in your opinion? Well, with with the body that he is, and if, and if he's if he can continue to mature, then I, I think that he could be a 30-goal scorer in this league in an 82-game schedule, not in a 56-game schedule, a 30-goal scorer, 60 points. You know, I don't think you're going to see great playmaking for him, but I can see. And we saw it the one time, Bob, last night where he burst through the defense and slid towards and had the sense to try to push the puck between Brassois' legs. I mean, you, you, you get a sense of what this guy is. He's just a big, raw animal and, and can be a difference maker. Uh, and as he grows up, I mean, you know, the difference between you and me at 22 and 26 uh, 
um, suffice to say, I think was dramatic, and I, I think it couldn't be dramatic for Yessi. I, and I also think his his command of the English language, you even saw it in the post-game interview last night, the command of the English language certainly helps, and I think that's been a positive for Yessi. Unfortunately, John, I was a dumb guy at 22, and I wasn't much be- uh, much smarter by the time that I was 26, and I never did learn Finnish, so I, I really respect Well, how, how's your command of the English language? Well, if people have listened to the show, I think they're well aware it needs some serious work. John Shannon joining us there at HL Insider. Speaking of serious work, I wanted to, I wanted to see Tyson Berry here for years, and... This is a different year, and guys had to train differently. I don't want to make too many excuses. I think right now, Rob Brown pointed this out point uh, post game last night, John. He said, "You know, when you're a specialist, when you're a power play guy, and the power play's cold, and you're supposed to be running it. You're not getting pucks through. It starts to get in other aspects of your game." We have a lot of people questioning us right now. On the, they're concerned about Tyson Berry. Give me your thoughts. This, this is where you this is where you put that patience hat back on. Uh, I actually asked a coach in the NHL the other day, "What's the difference um, to having a left left shooting defenseman on the point or a right shooting defenseman on the point on your power play? How much difference does it make?" Uh, and, and he thought about it for a while before he says, "You know what? For certain situations, it could make a big difference." Uh, and 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 then there goes. I mean, Tyson Berry, so that's one thing. And, and you know what? And when they put Nurse, who shoots the same way as Kleppbaum on there, it made, made a little bit of a difference. Um, if, if, for Tyson Berry's a quarterback, he, he's used to a certain style of how, how to run the power play, how to run it through what he does. That's not how this power play works. This power play runs through 29 and 97. And I, I think it, I think it will take, and, and this is this is the downside of not having very much practice time. But uh, I, I think that there has to be a realization uh, by Tyson about how to manage the power play. It's a different power play than the than he ran in Colorado. Different power play than he than he tried to run in Toronto. Uh, and I just think there's growing pains with it. You know, you know when you have. And I'm not a big fan of the drop pass, but when you have the drop pass and climb and, and, and McDavid climbs the ladder, and you know what, give Connor the puck, you know, and that's a learning curve. And I I hope the learning curve is something that Tyson can can grab onto because I think that's the biggest difference is understanding what option you are in a power play, even though you're at the top of the umbrella. It's Ryan Whitney's line, right? When he got the 50 plus points in Pittsburgh, he said, "Stoff." I gave 87 the puck on the power play. I got myself paid as a result. How many times, I mean, and and you can't knock human nature. Bob, you can't knock human nature. It's everybody's uh, psyche to say, I'm going to be the guy. I want to be the guy. But when you have those two elite talents, one on either side, and they know how to communicate with each other, you know what? Be a facilitator. You know, take your time, be part, you know, understand your role in all of this, and enjoy the ride. Two more questions for John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Evan Bouchard's final 26 games in the minors, John, last year, four goals, 21 points, plus two, and a team that struggled defensively. He, it's my belief, reported in camp in as good a shape as any of the defensemen this year. Are, we, are you surprised, given some of the Oilers' challenges to transition, that we've gone seven games in the regular season and he hasn't played? Um, no, 
I'm not. You know, it's funny. Um, the team they played last night, uh, they're having a lot of the same discussions in Winnipeg about some of their young defensemen, like Hinala. And and what it comes is 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 you know Dave Tippett. Dave Tippett is is in this organization to do one thing, and that's win right now. Uh, Paul Maurice in the same boat, uh, and it all goes to confidence. It all goes to, into what's supposed to happen at the right time. And and I I could see you know that Dave just wants to stay the course. I mean Slater Cuckoo, uh, after having a couple of good games, didn't play near as much last night. Uh, I do think with Russell back in the lineup. Um, and 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 what's gone on with you know with uh, with with Larson, uh, I think that there's a little bit of a comfort factor right now with this group of six. And I think when you're a coach and you've been a coach as long as Dave Tippett has, you know you like comfort. There's other ways to help the team out, but if you, once you get a little happier with what you have on the back end with those six guys, I I would be shocked if there's much change anytime soon. All right, one final one for you, and it's a fun one. Today is Essa Tikkanen's birthday. Oh, my gosh. He turns 56, and wow. if ever there was a guy that was a clutch money guy, he had a playoff year, I think it's 87, 88. I'll dig up the numbers in a second here. But just uh, how much fun did you have? Back in those days, producing those great Oilers matchups, watching the evolution of how important Essa became to the team and how of a unique of a personality he was. Well, you know, I mean, I think it was John Davidson, who was our color man at the time, um, came up came up with the uh, the uh, uh, phrase Tikanese. Um, and, and and the fact that that that, that Essa, there was Finnish, there was English, and then there was Tikanese, and and in the end, you know, before a game, after a game, you, you really had no idea what Essa was saying, but what he did on the ice and and the the, the aggravation that he created for the opposition, all with it, a ton of skill. Uh, to tell you what, there's a there's an interview, one of the interviews that we did post game of the '85 final. I think it was the 85 final. And and S is interviewed and it is absolutely one of the great things on it's on YouTube. It, it's absolutely hilarious. You have no idea what he's saying, but you know he's darn happy that he's with a team that's uh, you know a perennial contender and is going to be one for many years to come. He's he was a great player. He was a great player wherever he played. He made a difference. Um, maybe one of the best two-way players, uh, maybe one of the best defensive forwards in the history of the game because he was so relentless. All right, I'm going to give people a stat here. This says it all. 87-88 playoffs for Edmonton. Essa Tikkanen in 19 games had 10 goals, 27 points, yeah. and 72 penalty minutes. That's oh, awesome. That's oh, yeah. awesome, man. Oh. You're going to love that. Yeah, no, no, you know, and and here's here's the thing. I dare I say, in Finland today, I think Esetikinen's the biggest star today as he ever was when he played with the Oilers or the Rangers. I mean, he's a he's a, he's a star in Finland right now. I remember when the Rangers brought him back, and, and remember he was there on the, the Cup team in '94, and then they brought him back from the Canucks in a trade. And yeah. he, had nine, he had nine goals in 15 games in the playoffs and a couple overtime winners. He was—he's <laughs> just—he he was unreal, man. Uh, one, one quick story: I, I actually got back into the chair in uh, when Essa was in Vancouver and, and produced a game. It was actually his last game as a Canuck when he and Alex Mulgilney both got traded the next day by Pat Quinn. Uh, 
and 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 Essa Essa knows he's going to be traded, so he's out there just having a lark to the point where one of our ISO cameras is falling around the ice, and he's standing there alone, and the puck's on the other side, and he waves at his teammates on the other side of the ice, kind of like a, a wide receiver in football. He was uh, he was a character, a true character. John, we'll talk on Wednesday. Thanks for your time. Okay, Bob. That is John Shannon. Cheap, 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 cheap. That's what Tick said in the contract negotiations uh, with the Oilers, Glenn Sather and Peter Pocklington after the 91 playoff in which he was unreal as well. Uh, scored 12 goals, had 20 points in 18 games, including the hat-trick in Game 7 against Calgary. Uh, the, the turnover outside the uh, Flames' blue line and then using Frank Musil as a screen and blown one over Mike Vernon's shoulder. I mentioned the 83 Portland Winterhawks. There was a contentious issue that year. You were allowed to add a goalie, and Portland legend has it, may have outspent Lethbridge to get Mike Vernon. That is the story. Uh, and many people still, Lethbridge actually won the WHL championship that year. Portland was the host. I talked about how good Portland was. That's when I knew I wasn't good enough to play junior. <laughs> Watching those guys, I was like, there was like 12 WHL teams at the time. I'm like, there is no way I'm making a WHL team as a 17 year old. <laughs> Watching these guys fly around, like, and then thinking, I got to go into the corner with Martin Orty. I got to go into the corner with John Cordick, guys like Brian Kern. I'd be dead. Uh, those guys were hard-nosed, tough teams back in the day. And they had the Quebec League teams. Gerard Gallant was with the Quebec team that came that year. I remember that because he was his nickname Spud. He comes from Prince Edward Island. And pound for pound, he could chuck a big time. Uh, when the Red Wings had Probert and Kosher, Gallant was their middleweight. He could swing. Uh, but anyhow, I was a little bit intimidated to watch just the tempo in the face of that 83 Memorial Cup. Tied it to Vernon, tied it to Ticket, and we'll take a timeout. Come back with an Oilers Now injury report for our friends at James H. Brown. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Thanks a lot, Leon. Now, I think Leon's a Chelsea fan. And they sacked Frank Lampard today, you know, in European football for those top clubs. Chelsea's like ninth on the table. Uh, they tend to blow out guys uh, if you're not in the top four in your respective leagues. Heck, if you're Barcelona or Real Madrid, if you're not 1-2, you end up getting tanked. Let's uh, get to it. It is our Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, they want you to stay safe and stay positive during these challenging and uncertain times. What do you got, Brendan? Well, let's recap the Oilers situation. Dave Tippett was asked last night about Mike Smith and Gaetan Haas. So Smith is skating on his own right now, apparently has been for a little bit. Tippett says he is still a ways away. And Gaetan Haas, uh, not close, despite skating hard every day as well. He's uh, ruled out any action this week for Haas in particular. Um, So I wonder, given that COVID diagnosis for Haas if this is him getting back up to some kind of uh, cardio conditioning but yeah. uh, that's that's the situation here. Uh, Boston's David Pasternak actually might be able to return from hip surgery next week that'd be two to three weeks ahead of the original timeline. He did uh, shed that non-contact jersey at practice this morning suggesting he is getting quite close. Alright we're going to pass along a programming note uh, there will be a double E football special presentation 
Scott Milanovic stepping down to accept the job in the National Football League today. Morley Scott and Dave Campbell will be jumping aboard at 2 o'clock today. They will have, uh, I would assume, Eskimos general manager Brock Sunderland on to join them as well as to see uh, what the EE football team uh, are going to uh, be doing here to address the fact that they've lost their head coach. And that, you know what? That uh, that comes with the territory sometimes. Uh, these situations tend to be fluid. And if you're a fan of programs like Alabama, where NFL head coaches get fired and end up going in as coordinators, happens all the time. Deal with it. It's all part of the uh, the sequencing. There's lots of movement uh, in the coaching fraternity when it comes to football between the NFL, CFL, and NCAA College. 12.57 in Edmonton. We're going to open up the phone lines at 105 today at 780-496-0063. Your thoughts on the first seven games of the season? How excited are you about Pogliarvi? Who you're, who are you pleased with? Who are you frustrated with? You can also text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.